We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This holiday season, you know what I have on my wish list? Adventure. That's why I got a new Honda during the Happy Honda Day sales event. They have a whole lineup of rugged, all-wheel drive SUVs, CRV, Pilot, Passport. But at the end of the day, I drove off in a new HRV with a bunch of safety features. And best of all, I got it on clearance. So don't just sit around knitting an ugly holiday sweater. See your local Honda dealer for Happy Honda Day's clearance pricing today. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek Ciapala with my co-host, my partner in crime, Michael Stewart, the former Los Angeles Rams defensive back and current head coach of the Bakersfield Drillers. Why do we say that? Because he is a proud driller. How are you doing today, Mike? Hey, man, we're doing... <clears throat> Whoa, excuse me. Excuse Whoa, frogs. That's too much uh, getting on some of those players of ours, but uh, doing well, man, except my voice is a little scratchy, but hey, man, we're excited about everything. You get you gotta push through, man. 
It's, this is the fourth through. quarter. It's third and ten. You gotta make that last stop to put this game away. Come on, come on, come on! I got, I got to get you my special tea slash honey concoction. Got to show you how that thing works. Make it makes magic happen on your voice. I'm serious. He's looking at me like I'm, I'm special. I'm promising. Yeah, I am special. But no, because I, <laughs> I need something right now. <laughs> so lost the cover. The game itself this last week in the Rams, they win. They actually won a preseason game, ten to six with the Denver Broncos. Honestly. In terms of the gameplay, as indicated by a 10 to 6 score, not a whole lot to talk about. So, we want to get into some of those matchups, some concerns, some things about injuries. And, of course, we need to talk about Andrew Luck because even though we are not a Colts podcast, I think this gets into the sort of the morals of playing, especially with the responses by Doug Gottlieb and now Steve Berline to seeing Andrew Luck retire. Before we get there, I want to remind you we're sponsored. This episode is sponsored by Jim Hawkins, Bacallo's team. Also, that we are available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Music. It really helps us out. Helps us get to new places on the charts. We're hoping to get further and farther up there. And don't forget, we have other shows on the network, including Rams Uncensored and Butting Heads. Also, I, I mean... I think this is a, this has to be the running joke, really, Mike. We've had this contest going on all summer, and it's just creeping. Like five star reviews, two hundred five star reviews. One lucky winner will get a seventy five dollar gift to two NFLshop.com, and we'll even read your stuff on the air. But yet, man, folks don't want to leave those written reviews. I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know if I should take it personally or or folks just don't go to Apple Music anymore. I, I don't. I got nothing. Well, if you do want to enter, leave that five-star review. Send us an email at ramstop1945 at gmail.com with a copy of your entry, a screenshot, really. Or you can just send it over Ramstalk on Twitter or on Facebook. I'll take any of those, and then we will read your feedback on the show. Also, the Rams Uncensored t-shirt is still out there. Let Tommy know about that, Tommy Avance. And with all that in mind, let's get to the game. My big question for you, Mike, is pretty simple because we're watching other teams across the league light it up. So, you know, they're scoring 35, 40 points a game. This high-flying Rams offense has been pretty quiet. Now, there's definite reasons for that. I'm sure we're about to get to those. But do all these low-scoring games in the preseason concern you at all? Well, it doesn't concern me in the sense of concern because, again, I have to assume – Coach McVay and the rest of the group have a plan. What does concern me, and we talked about this early on, is when you make a concerted effort, or it seems like part of the plan is, I want to get to the season healthy with my guys. I just don't know where the timing is going to be. So that's what is a little concern, not so much the scoring. It's the timing that can lead to more scoring, which to me is like hmm I get what he's doing but again this is the NFL it's not so much like in my league high school if you have more guys every game in the NFL you have guys that you're playing against that's why it's the NFL so that would concern me a little bit well it does concern me in terms of the starters timing who's going to fit where how do they fit in with some of these backups that are going to be in and out of the game? Because they're going to rotate guys, especially on defense. 
And you know they're going to try and work some people in on the offensive line as well, keep the older guys fresh. I just wonder if they're going to get that proper rotation time. We saw before the game on Saturday that what the Rams were doing was they were really zeroing in on getting workouts before the game. They had all the starters out there doing their normal workouts. They had scrimmage earlier in the week with those guys. It's a new age. It's a new age of football. It's not the same age uh, that that we would talk about. And later on, when we talk about Andrew Luck, there's the other side of the aisle now when it comes to starters. You're trying to protect these guys' lives. We had some injuries this weekend with Aaron Neary and also Mr. Caraway. Both are major injuries. They're probably either out for the year or close to the year. These guys were bench guys. Neary was on the death chart, but it's going to be suspended for the first four games anyways. But it looked like the Rams wanted him around. Caraway had a nice a nice training camp. With that's a starter. If the Rams go down to Carolina and drop this game in week one because they're not sharp, will I be a little frustrated because of that? Probably. But if it saves some, some people's careers or their, their year, maybe taking that loss is worth it. What do you think? Well, you know, the thing is, at the end of the, the day for the NFL, it's having enough wins in the bank to get into the playoffs. So is a one loss at the beginning going to end the season? Probably not. There's still 15 more games you can win. So I get that. It's just you don't want to get into a long, prolonged Mm -hmm. situation where the offense is struggling or the defense is struggling or their special team is struggling. And now it's three or four games in when you might look back and go, yeah, we could have got a lot of that ring rust off in preseason and we didn't do it. You make a great point, though. Sean McVay is on the other spectrum and we would call him new school. Right. Mm-hmm. But he also has the lineage of a 49ers on the way they did it. They took pads off early. They played their their guys more than they than the Rams have, but not much more in preseason. So he just may be saying, you know what, I'm going to scrap the whole preseason and I'll just focus on the 16 game season and figure we can go 12 and or worse. Well, here about my concern about that, though, is. Carolina is no slouch. There is some concern about Cam Newton for week one, which could be a blessing in disguise to the Rams. They don't do well versus running quarterbacks, at least not in recent last year. They didn't. What happens if they lose Carolina? They come home and they have a hungry Saints team, a Saints team that wants to prove a point. Then they got to turn around and go back on the road to Cleveland. Really quickly, if they struggle in week one, the Rams might not be... 3-0 come week four against Tampa Bay. They might be 2-1. I think we'd be okay with that. But 1-2? Maybe even 0-3? That's not an easy schedule to start the season. You don't start off right. And I know the Browns aren't proven, but we're not stupid either. We can look at that roster and go, holy crap, that thing is loaded. They are loaded at the skill positions. And if they gel at the right time early, they're going to be dangerous. We know the Saints are going to be dangerous. And we know the Panthers have actually built that defense and that pass rush up to be able to compete against teams like the Rams. All of a sudden, knock on wood, this Rams team could be 0-3 before they know it. Yeah, that's a real possibility, right? So, <clears throat> excuse me, that is absolutely food for thought in the sense of 
what Ram team is going to show up and you know is Coach McVay and the staff are they making the right call and only time will tell and so yeah I'm, I'm curious to see you know how the plan actually comes together I'm confident to know that he's trusting those guys are you know real veterans and they'll have the switch to turn it on and do what they need to do to be in the right position come you know midway through the season here's another thing though because some folks are going to listen to what i just said and think i've lost my mind they're going to think that that dude sounds ridiculous and he's well i can't listen to this guy anymore listen i'm not saying that's going to happen i'm saying we are entering a realm now that we really haven't seen before in terms of opponents preseason last year the rams did not play the starters but they got oakland to start the year a team that gave them a serious problems in the first half. Now they get a tougher team in Arizona, Arizona, sorry, in Carolina, and then they bounce right back out for two bigger, big games. And this time they have a target in their back. Nobody really thought they were going to go to a certain bowl in, in mass numbers last year. Like there were some folks who believed it. We believed it. It was possible over here, but to just automatically say they're a Super Bowl contender. This year they walk in as the NFC champions. They have a huge target on their back, and people are going to want to measure themselves against them week in and week out. It is a different situation. Oh, you're absolutely right in the sense of when you are at the top of the hill as they were, and I'm sure plan to be starting out, absolutely everyone's going to give you their A game. So they have their work cut out for them just because – it's just that tough to get back to where you want to get to, along with now having a target that there's no hiding whatever player you thought you were hiding and they were riding under the or running or playing or catching under the radar. Now a lot is known about a lot of the players that are going to be on the field for the Rams. So they're going to have their work cut out for them. And I, I just, again, I just feel Coach McVay must have a plan of attack for all of this, and it's going to work out in our favor. Well, and I choose to believe that too. I'm just going. I'm just playing the devil's advocate. I do think they probably will lose a game in those first three. It's just, it's just a tough schedule. So, but I gotta believe. You know, they say trust the process. That, that cliche, trust the process. Well, <laughs> right. I, we gotta be honest. Outside of the Super Bowl, which is very reasonable considering who you faced. It's pretty much worked every way across the board. And every time they've had a failure, they've always come back a little bit stronger. So you got to have some faith in the coaching staff. They've earned it. They've earned the benefit of the doubt. And let's see what they do. Other things going on, we have some battles. Michael Thomas and Kadero Hodge for the fifth receiver spot. I would tell you right now, if you would ask me two weeks ago, and we did talk about two weeks ago, I would have thought the Rams were nuts to consider uh, bringing back Michael Thomas this year, and all of a sudden the guy's making plays like crazy all over camp, all over preseason, and uh, makes you realize where he could have been the last couple of years when he was, this is like season five. Come on, Michael, you know, get it right. And man, he's making plays out there. He's making plays at distance. He's making plays, you know, in intermediate routes. He's a guy to watch. Kadero Hodge has been much more steady. He's a guy that. Maybe not your deep threat, but a solid possession receiver. What do you do, Mike, in this situation? Because if you cut one, you know he's going somewhere else. Uh, Kadero Hodge could go to the practice squad, but you know someone's going to take him. You actually do really, really have a 
big decision at wide receiver for the fifth spot, and that's probably the last spot on the team because you're probably going to have a returner. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how and where they go. Do they go with four wides or five wides, or do they go with four wides, four tight ends? It's going to be it's going to end up being a numbers game, and so. When you start talking about the injury bug in roster spots, it still comes down to where the need is. Now, do they need, you know, again, five receivers? I don't know. Do they need that many tight ends? I don't know. Uh, because now with some some injuries up front, they need, need those roster spots to bring in some other O-linemen to shore that up. So it's always going to come down when you have – you know, a number of guys that are already pretty much slotted on the team and you may have a position for one and there's two guys, well, somebody's going to get left out in the cold. But it's looking like both of these guys have proven themselves enough that if there aren't, if they're not on the rounds team, they should be somewhere. Man, you're, you're talking four and four. I, I think it's five. Five receivers straight out and – I think you'd probably go with Thomas. I would never have said that three weeks ago. I think you'd probably go with Thomas because he's the guy who's a little more versatile in what he can do. He's able to, to be a possession receiver on the inside. He's able to go deep where you need him. He's able to kind of turn around and make those catches. Carroll Hodge is more consistent, I think, in terms of being a possession receiver. But Thomas is more dynamic. He does get open. He was a guy that the Rams thought could have been something years ago, and he just never panned out. Maybe now it's finally getting, it's finally happening. But oh, geez, the red flags with Thomas compared to the clean slate by by Hodge makes you really think about it. Oof, I, I don't know, man. I, I I guess due to ability, I go with Thomas, but doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> right, and that's that's the you know the funny thing when it comes down to this guy over that guy. We don't know what criteria they're going to use mm, on true. how they're evaluating the final spots or the final guy on the team. Are they looking more for a guy who has what would be more positive characteristics or are they looking for guys that can help them win more games, you know, and that's what it comes down to. What, what really is the culture they want in and outside the locker room? The other battle we're really seeing here because I think middle linebacker, inside linebacker is now sealed up. We know Bryce Hager did not play on Saturday, so we know that they're protecting him as a starter. And in this place, guys like Dakota Allen have stepped up. Dakota Allen will make this team. But kick returner, Simba Webster and Mr. Natson, a guy who stood up big last year. I got to tell you, I think Webster wins this job. I think Natson's looking for a new job. He's just been doing – he's – He's not making the mistakes that Natson makes. Natson to me is a great a, a, man. That guy's fast. When he gets in the open field, he can make some moves. But given the fact that there's a reduced impact of the kicking game in terms of return game now, you probably want someone who's a little bit more of a safer bet, a little more steady on special teams overall, can step in and be a receiver, and that's Webster. So I'm expecting this undrafted free agent to come in there and win this job over Natson. Yeah, no doubt. It looks like, you know, Webster, I mean, even this last game, he grabbed four passes for 47. Natson only had two catches for five. Webster returned his only kick for 19. Uh, Webster is considered a much better receiver than Natson. So on one, can, on one hand, it looks like it's not even close that Webster is a guy there, except that Natson might have a little bit more experience. So given that being a fact and – you know, this guy obviously can, 
I'm sure play some special teams as well. Natson did a little bit in that department. Yeah, they're looking at a guy who's going to make plays. So that's going to be interesting to see how this final preseason game goes down. All right, so that's our look back on the game. There wasn't a whole lot going on in terms of – I think the position battles are starting to settle now. Those are the main ones that are left. Those are the main things we're concerned with. It's it's pretty settled. If you want to look at the possible number three starter between Allen and Walford, um, there there is something there as well. But the I am looking at the two receiver slash kick returner positions that are left over as the main main position battles. All right, folks. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Jim Hawk. Most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams' history that had a personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood scene, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams, who lends a Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out some story of his father and the team he played for in the era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. And read about President Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazily Search, Tom Fierce, and Les Richter in this story spent the 1950s. These Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollowesteam.com and on Twitter at hollowesteam. It's available both in hardback and electronic form, Amazon and Barnes and Noble. You can also find Hollowesteam through various other booksellers on the internet. Folks, September 6th, if you're a paperback person, that's when it's out. All proceeds go to Homeboy Industries, which is meant to help pull people out of the gang life and making them into productive members of society. It's just a great book. It's a great history book, and I really enjoy it. I enjoy the personal touch that Jim brings to it. Trust me. Read it. Holocene, Grit Glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth your time. Okay, one more word from our sponsor. Check it out. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. All right, we're back. Well, Mike, you and I, we're, we've been talking today a little bit, getting, you know, we, you know, Mike and I have become friends over the course of the, the last year, and I'm very proud to know him, and we've um, been able to talk about some things that are more sensitive, and, and it happens to be that before the show started, I told him about an injury I suffered my second day, second day back in the classroom, kind of a freak injury. And I, mean, I mean, seriously, freak injury. It looks like I, I suffered some pretty devastating results, and I, I don't know. It's not official yet in terms of it's it's looking like it, but until you get the MRI result back, and it's you know you don't have your official, but it's not looking good for the home guy here. And that brings us to Andrew Luck. Because right now I can come in with that perspective, and I know Mike's had his injuries over there. He's seen a lot of injuries as a football player, as a coach. I've seen a lot of injuries as a guy who's covered the sport for a long time, especially if you're a Rams fan. I mean, let's be honest. If you're a Rams fan, you've seen some really bad injuries. And, again, as a coach, I remember my last year coaching football, seeing our star quarterback go down to a torn ACL and um, that was pretty much it for him. And that season destroyed our season. Um, and, and, you know, he was able to come back later on, have a great senior year. But, man, it was it was heartbreaking to see. So here we have Andrew Luck, who's battled injuries throughout his career. And especially was, was the, the shoulder at one point, the shoulder. This year it was the ankles, his legs, and um, on Saturday night, you see the news break that he is retiring from the NFL, walking away. 
I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. He didn't play long enough, I think, considering in terms of stats, and he didn't, you know, if maybe if he had won a Super Bowl or two, things change. But, you know, total of 86 games played in the NFL. One of the best quarterbacks in the league when he's healthy. I mean, it's not even close. Last year he was just devastating to watch as a quarterback in a good way. But he walks away from the game. He walks away, and in the last couple of days, we've seen announcers like Doug Gottlieb come out and and pretty much trashes and calling it the most millennial thing you could do. Uh, and, and trust me, we can we can crack on millennials. I mean, we can't. <laughs> there's jokes, but seriously. And then Steve Berline today talking about you know leaving your teammates and 17. You know he been and he's been through so many injuries, uh, and. So he, he definitely has his point of view. But I want to go to Mike first, and before I really get into my point of view on it, because it is a little near and dear to me right now, but, you know, just because, well, right now I can't go to work. And it's heartbreaking for me to not be in the classroom with my kids. But Andrew Luck had a chance to heal up and go back to work, and he didn't. Well, why? It's, there's, there is a mental aspect to it, and that's where I want to really pick Mike's brain. Mike, what are your thoughts on Andrew Luck's retirement? Well, my my thought is, hey, my hat's off to Andrew Luck. You know, the thing is, you have in this life, you have an opportunity to make your own decisions and live with them. Uh, The one thing I kind of, you know, I I heard Gottlieb a little bit. I was going to lunch and, you know, I I heard him on the radio and, and I get it. But my thing is... You know, people don't understand when you talk about all these different injuries, but, you know, a lacerated kidney, a torn rotator cuff, and I had a partially torn rotator cuff and labrum in my throwing shoulder. It's a baseball player, but I never had surgery. But for a quarterback to be able to come back, do that, I could imagine the tremendous amount of work that went into going to do that and to come back and be able to actually throw at the NFL level to a degree that you could play. Now, obviously, it wasn't the Andrew Luck who first came into the league, but he still was good enough to get his team to a lot of wins after that type of surgery. But again, you go down the list to different things and people think that, oh, it's just the NFL and they watch TV, you're on the sideline, but people don't understand like how much pain that is or how much time is rehabbing. They just see it as, oh, he wasn't there. And then four months later, they see you back out there, but they don't understand really, I think, all that it goes into trying to get back out there. Needless to say, now he has a leg injury. Well, at his position, you have to at least be able to move around. And if you have something that you can't move around, now you're risking even more injury or now it's the calf, it's this, now it's a torn Achilles. And then it just kind of goes on and on. And I think maybe he came to the conclusion that, you know what, I've had some somewhat major injuries. Like, why am I doing this? I don't need the money. I've got a Stanford degree. I'm out. In that case, is it is it something you can blame him for? Not at all. I think if anything, he doesn't even want to be in talked about like this. He's like, hey, I came to a decision. I retired. And you know what he could have did? He could have let them supposedly put him on IR, stayed out the number of weeks or the season, and just took the money. But he's like, man, I'm not taking the money like that. But from what I understand, uh, 
Ursay said, well, you know what? We're still going to not make you pay the money back in hopes that maybe you get a year off and, you know, your mind changes. But I don't think a guy like Andrew Luck, it's just too many other things he can do. I don't, I, I think he's not no longer interested in trying to just carry an organization on his back to that degree at his own expense. I mean, I don't know if he'll want to play again. Things change when you start to feel better. Things change when True. your body feels normal again. To For him to just miss an entire year without having to worry about rehabbing, without that being the rush to get back in the field, maybe his mind changes. And the flip side, like you're saying, he's got his—he's already got a, a, a solid education. He can get a job in announcing if he wants. He can. There's a lot he can do. He's only 29 years old. There are a lot of things that I think would keep him from coming back to the game. Still, I gotta tell you, man, it wouldn't surprise me. I did an interview years ago with when I was covering MMA, and it was with George Gurgel. And George Gurgel, he was. He fights down. He fought down in Cincinnati. Had a, has a gym down there, and just got personal with him. And I asked, you know, asked him why he didn't retire because he he had some rough fights, and he said he still had quote unquote some things in the basement, meaning some things to work out. And I can't tell you how many athletes I've seen walk away from the game and they come back because you know what they still have some things to get out of the basement. They still have some things to work out. And the way this all went down. The way the fans booed him on the way out, the way it was so close to regular season, this is a team that I think has legitimate, at least conference championship game aspirations. Things like that can weigh on you a bit. So it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see him say, you know what, I'll give it one last shot. I'm 29, I'm 30, I'll I'll take another shot and see if I can stay healthy. But for those people who are going at him, the people are talking about well, you, the team, and listen, it's called a paycheck. What your body does, what you do to your body for that paycheck is eventually the price becomes too much, especially if you have other things you want to do in life. There it is. You know, how many, well, let's just be honest about it for a minute, because I know we generally don't like to talk about it. There's CTE. And there's all kinds of controversy about the effects of CTE, but we cannot ignore the fact that we've had several NFL players, uh, former NFL players, guys you played with, who have had their struggles. It's caused us to go out there and have to change the rules for high school tackling. I know you are now currently teaching at your school tackling different than what you learned when you were in high school. They teach you a different way. It's part of the UA, USA football regulations. And it's head injuries. So over the course of time, we've seen damage done to bodies because basically we didn't know any better. Let's just be <laughs> We didn't, the technology wasn't there 10, 15 years ago to tell somebody, you know what, it's time to go. Now it's there. Now we can look at a brain and see what the damage was. And if Ryan Leaf decides, you know what, I'm not doing this to my body anymore because I have other things I want to do in life, who the heck is anybody to judge him for that? Who, who is anybody to say, you know, you're wrong, you're bailing your teammates? Well, you know what? When you have concerns about staying, then now you're risking 
the livelihood of your family, your husband, your, sorry, not your husband, you, well, yeah, your, whoever is at home, your wife, your kids, your, your, your dad, your mom, your brothers and sisters, the people that are important to you, you're risking their lives with you. And quite frankly, they're the ones who are going to be there one day when you go in the grave. Your teammates, some will be there, some won't. People are going to move on and live their lives. So if Ryan Leaf is choosing to go on to spend a career with his family and doing something different where his body's protected, then that's the right choice for him. And people who are judging him, like Steve Berline, Steve Berline, the injuries he suffered throughout his career are massive. I get it. That was his individual choice to do that, and he's making his individual choice to do that. Nobody owns you as a player. If you, if you think it's time, then you get off that field and you go live your life. Bottom line. Bottom line. I, and, and I just, you know, again, I know what it's like to be out there and you're practicing and you're playing through an injury. You're playing hurt. I mean, literally on my shoulder, when I did it, if you just kind of nudge me on my arm, it would just make my eyes water, just bring you to tears. That's how painful it was. But yet I was still practicing, still planning games, but no one knew what it was taking to just get out to practice and through games. And I wasn't doing it with pain meds and, you know, it was just ice stem and just some old school treatment. But, you know, I wasn't getting shot up week in and week out and all that stuff that can happen. But I would have just imagined with a guy like Andrew Luck, when you come from a place where you went to a school that you use your mind, your mind tells you what you're doing for fun is no longer fun because it's super painful. How about that? It's just, Mm -hmm. yeah, man, it's not worth all this pain I'm having to endure or go through. The next thing is, I think he recently got married. So once you actually have a wife and I'm not sure, you know, kids, but all that stuff starts creeping in your mind. Like what kind of husband am I going to be 15 year, 10 years, 12, you know, do I got this leg injury now, this, however it happened man, you start really thinking about, hey, I want to be able to pick my kids up or throw a baseball with them. But if I go out here knowing that it's a higher likelihood having already sustained injuries, he's probably like, yeah, as you said, Mm -hmm. it's not worth it. That's the end result. That's the end game. And quite frankly, at this point, I'm a little surprised that more people who have made their money don't make that decision. Some people are in search of the ring. Some people are in search of other glories. I get it. But, you know, you start getting to 30, 31, 32. In most positions, you're starting that the twilight of your career anyways. Him as a quarterback, if he's protected, he can play until he's 40. We've seen it. But he hasn't been protected. <laughs> he's been hit a lot. And this, I'm going to throw some shade here, Mike, because... People aren't talking enough about the Colts organization. Right. For, and I, I'm going to slam on a little bit here. And the reason why I am, because I've seen, we've seen it enough with the Rams over the years. We've seen Rams coaches and Rams, the organization itself, just get quarterbacks killed for years. They finally got an offensive line in front of Jared Goff. But first it was Peyton Manning. And he was able to cover a lot of problems with that Colts team, especially up front, because he was so quick getting rid of the ball. Eventually he yes. got hurt. Okay. Then you have Andrew Luck, and they're able to make 
a relatively solid comeback early on in his career, and then last year, of course, and it still hides a lot of the problems they had in that organization, especially the first time around when he was first drafted. That team had some significant death issues, and they failed to fix them. And what I'm talking about is up front. He got hit. I mean, he got hit a lot. Over the years, he's gotten hit a lot. And if you want your quarterback to last in this league, if you want him to ha- keep that driving fire, especially the guy with a brain like his that he can find other things to do, you better start protecting your quarterbacks, NFL teams out there. You better start getting some offensive linemen in there that can play the game as a unit and perform well to protect these guys. Because these guys, quite frankly, if they make their money, you're, so, you're seeing it from Andrew Luck. There's no reason to stay in the game after a while, unless you really, really want that ring. Unless you really want that badly. Yeah, but even trying to get that or wanting that that badly, it's so tough to actually get to the Super Bowl and win. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it becomes just a chase. And then, again, at what cost do you continue to chase something that's never guaranteed? You know, as much as we love our vaunted Rams and think they'll be back next year and or this year chasing the ring again, the odds of them doing it, it's against them just because of history. So you take all those things into consideration. I just think Andrew Luck came to the conclusion that, one, I either can't do it anymore or I don't want to do it anymore with all the struggle that goes with it when I can do something else that's just less wearing on your mind. Wearing on your mind, wearing your body. Yeah. Body, everything. I mean, it takes a lot to to wanna go through rehab. You know, people see guys coming back, but they never show the pain you're in at night. They never show how you can barely move around and now you gotta rehab this. They never show all the work. They just show the results. You're back out there running around. And I go, mm-hmm. oh, man. So you ultimately think a dude who has shoulder surgery, oh, man, there's nothing to it. Like, no, that's painful. Well, sure. I mean, to keep just to keep it locally, because I told you guys, you know, about what's going on with me. Right now, I'm sitting at my table, microphone in front of me. But when this podcast is over, and I... I, it's time for me to start doing the editing. I can't. I, I used to go sit in this spot and just do it. Now I have to relocate because I can't sit for very long here. It hurts. And then I have to, to find a way to get everything located into the room where I can get iced up and have my leg elevated and so on and so forth. And it winds up being this, <laughs> this cycle of pain <laughs> that is not fun. Over what? Just to do a podcast? That's pretty much it now. It's because that's what we do. It's what your job is. And I don't mean to throw myself out there and kind of like this kind of martyr for a podcast. I'm just making the example that in everyday life, we all have jobs. And when we hurt, for the most part, we have to keep doing those jobs because we, we have to make a living. Well, Andrew Luck has the opportunity to say, you know what? I don't have to keep this job. He's paying the price and he can walk away. So who can judge him for that? We all would love to have the ability to say when we're done, we're done. 
you know, regardless if it's for an injury situation or for something else, you know. Hey, you know, I just don't feel like working anymore. I'm retiring. I would love you. It would be nice if you could just have that choice automatically there and ready. Most Americans can't do that. If Ryan Leaf has the ability to do that, who's anybody to judge? Seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, somewhat surprised that this whole Andrew Luck fallout thing is just where it is in the sense of, you know, a guy says, hey, I'm retiring. We should go, okay, it's a little surprising, but man, we should be able to relax, if you will, and be able to accept his reasoning. Hey, this is not something I want to do anymore. I've played. I had good times while I did it, even through the pain, but now it's time for me to walk away. I don't know why people want to force somebody to keep doing something that on one hand, it's kind of dangerous. And as you said, you don't have an O-line that was protecting you that well. Mm -hmm. He says he has one known concussion. That doesn't mean he hadn't had others. There's all kinds of, there's a price you pay. And that's, as we close up shop here, guys, because it probably almost feels like we're hammering on the game. No, we're not, we love this game. We, we, we do the podcast because we love the game of football. But we would be liars. We would be absolute liars if we didn't say on the same token, you know, we love this game. It's a beautiful game in so many ways, but it also can be an ugly game. And there is a price you pay for playing that game. It's just the reality of it. It doesn't make it any less of a great game. It just makes it a dangerous game. And, you know, we've seen guys like Mike Utley and Dennis Bird. And geez, I can go on, man. Right. Other players who have been paralyzed because we've seen the CTE come through and there is a price you pay for playing a violent game. And Ryan Leaf made the decision that the price wasn't worth it anymore and walked away. I'm not going to judge him for that. Good on him. Go enjoy your life with your family. You never know. Maybe I'll see you again. You were great to watch. But I'm still going to love this game of football. I'm still going to enjoy it. I'm still going to, to go hopefully see this team, our team, the Rams, uh, go win a Super Bowl. But sometimes I think we forget about the human element. No doubt. All that said, it, I'm tired and cranky now. <laughs> and we got to get Mike. We, Mike, we got to get you into the the full, the vocal recovery stage now. So let's, let's get you out of here. Folks, if you... Yeah. Enjoy our show again. Go check us out. Subscribe on Apple Music. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can find Mike on Twitter at One Duke Twenty Three. Uh, don't forget, we're also always looking for sponsors. You can reach out to us at RanceTop Nineteen Forty Five at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at six five seven six six five four five three. We have a meeting get ready to get out to you. We're also a part of the Big Heads Podcast Network, and we would you know again encourage you to. Check them out. Matter of fact, here you go. Here is one of their shows on the network. Check out this promo. Stay up to date with the latest in Major League Baseball with the End of the Shift Baseball Podcast. Are you tired of the same old way baseball writers complain about the new changes in the game? Well, this is not the show for you. The End of the Shift Podcast with a modern take on what makes baseball great. And the ball will be hit into the shift. They get an out. It's only because of that shift. And they do. 
And that's why you follow the numbers. Join co-hosts Max Gross and Kyle McAravey for weekly updates every Sunday night. Or find us on Twitter at Into the Shift Pod. It's the Into the Shift Baseball Podcast. All right, don't forget to follow us again on Twitter. Talk Rams. Don't forget us on all those wonderful places. And from Mike and the entire team here at Rams Talk, we want to say take it easy. We'll see you this Thursday for the last preseason game for the Rams. And maybe, just maybe, we can get a nice post-game podcast in. Fingers crossed. It's time to go. Mike, you ready? I'm out. I'm out. Let's go. All right. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.